tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Joining me as always is my good friend and partner in crime, the man all in the silver and black, uh, Xavier Guerrero. How are you, XG? I'm good. I'm good. That's the second job I lose this month. I lost yeah. the, the rock job. I lost my serving job. What's next? <laughs> hey, dude, you're here <laughs> in the anyway, so just about <laughs> to stay here. Uh, tell us about what's going on with George Perez stories. Uh, we're good. We just did another episode. It was chill. Hung out. It's crazy. George Press stories is you can find strippers. We all got pink eye vaccination, so we're good on that. But it's fun. It's a good time. Well, it sounds like you're winning. Joining me George, as well. Yeah. George wants you on the show. He thinks you're scared. Uh I it may not be the uh <laughs> landscape right now for me to do that. Uh there's things going on in my life and some people that may not enjoy me. Uh, being around people who have to get a vaccination for pink eye at this moment. <laughs> Talk to me down the line. Um, Johnny Woodard on the ones and two. Johnny Nice, how are you? Hey, I'm good, man. Just uh, quarantining. Nice. And uh, Broken Simulation, when's that dropping? Depends on when this drops. It should be. If it's out Monday, this will be out. The Broken Simulation will be out on all platforms. When? This weekend. It's coming out this weekend. I don't know what day. But if, okay. if this is coming out Monday, it will be out already. This will be out on Monday. If you're listening and- to this on Monday, yes. the show is already up. Broken Guys, simulation. Yes. Thank you, everybody that came out to Kansas City. It was great. I crushed. I am a great comic. Thank you all for supporting my greatness. I had a good time. Thank you all. If you want to support the show, there's a bunch of different ways to go do it. You can go to our new uh, – to uh, Patreon.com backslash tinfoil hat. Uh, that is daily shows on there about whatever is hot in the world of spiritual skepticism, free thinkers, truth movement, or conspiracies. Uh, I have a new show dropping on Rockfin. That's R O F K I N.com. It is a spiritual podcast. All spirituality, man. I want to go on my own little Siddhartha type journey. Uh, I know you. You guys like to get the lizard people here, the black cube, the cloning. That's what you all want on this show. So I've decided to do a separate show. On J- uh, Brad just quit the show. He just left <laughs> and he's back. Uh, so go to, but if you really want to support the show, go to uh, Tim, uh, uh, patreon.com backslash Tim Paul hat and check out the t-shirts, man. The Rick and Morty's t-shirts and the new Joker t-shirts are available at Tim Paul hat t-shirts dot com uh, eventually all the different uh dot coms will all be under one dot com that is my next thing once this chaos that we're living in 
uh, is over, and who knows what when that will be. Joining me uh, on the show are two of my favorite researchers. I love doing shows with them. I love talking to them because they are, one, fearless, and two, they are thorough. And that's what I like when I talk to people who are researching this. They, uh, you know, there's a couple people in my life that I talk to, and they click me back. You know, sometimes I'll waver this far on an issue. On Oh, Trump's trying, and, you know, people will come and kick me in the dick and knock me back, and uh, it's always a pleasure. So they are from the Propaganda Report. Please welcome Maka Perez and Brad Binkley. How are you guys? Awesome. How are you Fantastic. doing? Thank you guys for coming back on the show. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I'm really happy that I got both of your names correct. That seems to be uh, a crapshoot on the show. For those who haven't listened to your show, please tell us a little bit about your uh, your podcast. Well, I'll tell you, it's under the Propaganda Report podcast feed and any place you listen to podcasts, but our flagship is a daily show called the drive time news blast where we give you 30 minutes 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth liberty and justice so you are not ever getting real straight news trying to get to the truth from the mainstream media there's a real need for that and we decided to do it and it's a lot of work but we do it and it's people love it and i highly recommend propaganda report so it's uh patreon.com backslash propaganda report or the propaganda which one is it it's propaganda report on patreon and then propaganda report or the propaganda report on any podcast feed and then we have a url which is the prop report.com the prop report.com awesome 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 it is uh it's dangerous times right now for the truth uh, you are labeled a bigot. You are labeled a right winger. You're labeled a white nationalist. A white now the new thing is white terrorist. Uh, it is unbelievable how words get thrown at people just to stop you from trying to think outside the box. Um, somebody today put out that this this death of uh, Gray, George Floyd. Uh, happened in a city that had a Democratic uh, police chief, a Democratic prosecutor, a Democratic mayor, a Democratic governor. What are your guys' thoughts on all of that? Well, that's a big question. Uh, I guess if you were thinking of it as what are the fundamentals and this goes to, they tell you what the problem is. You can embrace, understand the problem. Nobody likes problems. Like nobody hates the environment. Nobody, no normal people. We don't have, uh, think racism is good, want inequality. Nobody wants that. But when they take the real problem and they give policy solutions that don't really address, like you were talking about spirituality, don't really address human nature of what people aren't animals. You, you can't hold their hand. You have to respect people. You have to treat them with respect. I have to treat them equally. And I just feel like Democrat policies, I'm a libertarian. I really don't go in the left, right thing. But if you, if you want critique of the democratic policies, I think they diminish the, they don't respect the capacity of the human being, even like with the COVID thing, they don't respect the capacity of the human being to make wise decisions or personal decisions or respectful decisions. They don't respect 
the fundamental laws that have been here for evolved over time, over 10,000 years that respected us as biological organisms. These fundamental laws of when somebody damages you, you have a right to get restitution from them, but you don't really have the right to control everybody's behavior, to steal from one people and give to another. You don't have the right to do these things. And it, because it disrespects the fundamentals, it destabilizes society overall. Nobody wants to then obey rules. They don't think they're fair or legitimate. I think it's, and, and then you can fold on top of that, the whole dumbing down of America thing where people stop understanding those fundamentals of civics. And then they will vote for things that sound good. But I think this whole movement has been about identifying a problem and assuming that if you acknowledge the problem, you agree with the solutions that they're trying to feed you. And those solutions, maybe they feel like they're grassroots, but I think they're absolutely being pushed down from the top. You can see it. I, I just I think it's even above kind of Nancy Pelosi or Democrats and Republicans to the kind of world thing that like the coronavirus is coming down from. Brad, do you got any thoughts? Do we know that this was only happening in Democrat states, or is those just the ones that the media focused on? In Georgia, the focus was on Aubrey. We have a Republican governor, but when this case happened, it shifted more over here. So maybe there is stuff that goes on in the other states as well, but they just don't get reported on until they find the right one that they can amplify to cause the division they're trying to cause. I agree with that as well. And you know, for my whole thing, it's like there, there's something going on sometimes in the conspiracy or truth community that the Democrats are the worst thing to ever happen in the history of time. And I go, you know, Obamagate is awful. It is awful. But I, to me, it's not even close to the assassination of JFK or in particular 9-11, which was ran by neocon Republicans. Yes, there were Democrats involved. Um, who is the who's the old CIA director, John Brennan, greenlighting the 19 hijackers, which to me is just a fake story. I mean, they were here. I don't buy into that they flew anything anywhere. I just think that's laying down of layers that makes it longer for us, harder for us to get to what the truth is. But the notion that one side is better than the other is to me laughable. But I think the problem with the, the Democrats is that they their constituents want something other than what the donors want. And therefore, to be able to participate and make money off of this political system, which is the whole reason to become a Washington, D.C. insider, is to cash in as much money as you possibly can. There has to be a lie done. And that's why, to me, it, the Democrats have uh, come off as more evil because they're lying to their constituents way more than the, the Republicans are because the Republican constituents want deregulation. They want stronger military, stronger police force, all these things that's easy for their politicians to say, whereas the other side has to basically lie to their faces and sell them something that behind closed doors, they don't want to do it all. That And that's my just... I, I think the Republicans have done that too. I think that real fundamental kind of what traditional conservatives were absolutely for small government, for liberty, for the Bill of Rights, for all those things that the big government Republicans won't give them. So I think they actually both have the same problem in that regard. And what it is, is, and that's why they always have us at each other's throats. They Oh, she broke. Okay. Ah, shoot. It's all. You are. Now you're back. You're back. back. You're back. You're back. There you go. 
Okay. So anyway, they, I think that they want it to be us versus us because it can't be us versus them. And they don't want that. So they try to make it look like there's a lot of division, but I think they both kind of report to the the kind of corpo governmental continuum on the top that wants to suck up all our money and power to their benefit at our expense. I think both sides have that problem. It's a racket. Like you said, I get emails, 20, 30 emails a day, text, 20, 30 texts a day. Every time an issue comes up in the news, doesn't matter what it is. They, they, they make something out of it. And they say that the world is ending. You need to send us $10 today. If you want to save democracy and not die, I get, 20, 30 of those a day. <laughs> You're so right, too. Uh, what I also find very funny, and I don't know if you guys deal with this, but when something comes out on the, uh, let's, because there's this perception I'm a Trump guy. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The reason I come off as a Trump guy is because there are things that Trump has done I like, you know, pulling out of the woo, getting out of the, uh, the Paris Climate Accord, get, try, uh, what perceives to be trying to battle free, uh, free market, free trade. I'm, I'm against all that. So, I mean, like, I'm not just going to hate a guy for the sake of hating him because he's got an R by his name and I'm a registered D guy. OK, so I would lie to you if I didn't like those things. I can list all the things that Trump does that I hate. And there's a lot of things I can say that Trump does that I hate. But what I find hilarious is how people will totally shrug a thing off. Let's say Pedogate, right? Pedogate, it's not real. Pizzagate, not real. Nothing of it, any of it's real. Oh, but Anonymous just leaked this shit that Trump's been diddling everybody. What do you think of this? And I'm like, everybody's known about everything you just talked about. I hate using the word debunk because I think that's just a psyop thing that someone reads an article and it says, this has been debunked. And they run, run, debunk, debunk, debunk. And everyone's just debunking everything. And But they love it when the other side gets hit with some shit. And even though it's not even real stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's unbelievable to me how pedophilia has become politicized. And I say if Trump is in it and, you know, we did an episode with you, with you guys. You guys point out that video to me where the lawyer for the victims, Jeffrey Epstein, said he was the only one who came and answered questions at a deposition. You know, as far as I know, the people I trust who do all the research tell me he's not part of that shit. Now, if he is... Throw his head on the guillotine, too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that anonymous thing trending last week as though all this stuff was brand new. We've been talking about this for years, and it brought that case back up where they were accusing Trump of, with Jeffrey Epstein, raping a 13-year-old. And that case was brought on. It was a civil case that was brought on, was put together by a former producer of The Jerry Springer Show who has a history of exploiting situations like that to try and get some quick money. And even journalists who hate Donald Trump admit that that whole thing was bogus. There was nothing there. They dropped the case, but they put it back in on Twitter. And now all these people are going to believe it's true again. And, but wait up. And this is on the back burner of uh, the Jeff Sri Epstein uh, Netflix special. Yeah, they yeah. sit yeah. there and, and it, oh, but you mentioned Pizzagate. That's not real. Yeah. Hillary <laughs> Clinton, does Hillary Clinton get mentioned in any of it? No, I think, though, with the Pizzagate thing a little bit is that it helps feed the Q phenomenon that gives Trump a lot of room to operate in a way that people might object that trust the plan thing. I mean, I don't I don't want to be a spoiler, but I feel like it helps. Spoil him, away. It helps him have cover 
because they'll say, oh, well, there are 40,000 indictments waiting. Hillary will go to jail. I'm like, well, $10 trillion worth of stimulus is going to bankrupt this country. It's worth it because Hillary's going to go to jail. Uh, and I had a talk with like Corey Lynn, who's a great from the Corey's gigs. And uh, I go, don't, don't you worry about, you know, Trump's martial law is how's that any different than a Hillary martial law? And to me, it's like troops on the ground scare me. I, I, you know, it's like the U.S. military on U.S. soil is unconstitutional. And I don't care who's doing it. I'm not going to go, well, it's, it's okay because our guy's doing it. I like, no, man, it's not okay. And there are times where Trump, like full disclosure, Trump was the one who said that gunshots were necessities. I was really nervous good, about yeah. that. That's you good, don't, though. You don't like that? I do. I love that. Sorry. He, he does a lot of things that drive me crazy, and people give him a pass for it, and it makes me absolutely nuts because I remember the days when people would give me a hard time, or I should say I would give Obama a hard time for – violating the constitution and this people used to call into my show it was in atlanta which was real conservative and they were yeah constitution and then trump would do it and they would call and say why are you a hater like but i'm not a hater i'm just telling this guy you've got he's just he's a democrat if he's not going to support the the bill of rights you can't you have to hold both their feet with fire or they get out of control so he does a lot of stuff i don't agree with but that i do of course for sure and that's why it's like He's such an enigma, man. It's such an well, enigma. I think they have to. They're giving the people what they need to keep going along with the two-party system. But I do think we wouldn't be having the problems we're having right now if just a few simple fundamentals were restored, like absolute Second Amendment, they, if the government stopped infringing on the Second Amendment rights, if they stopped telling us how that we cannot fully control our private property that would help the immigration problem and everything and most of all if they stopped infringing on our drug rights people have the right to use stuff that grows out of the ground for themselves and when a cop comes in and kidnaps you and steals your stuff and throws you in jail for using something god gave you that's going to cause some instability well how about being in jail and your nephew in being in jail for weed hard time and your nephew's buying weed at a store Legally. Oh, yeah. That literally is going on right now. You're in jail and your nephew's buying weed and getting high legally. And you're like, what the fuck? They going should on? release all those people. Yes, I know it totally. Crazy. Just release them at, together. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about creating, uh, creating people. Uh, you know, for me, dude, uh, what that means to me is kind of looking into what uh, Obama was. I mean, like, man. You talk about the internet today versus when Obama was going. I mean, for and again, whatever Trump represents, uh, I think we're past him because the uh, the truther community, independent journalism like you two, are just we've never seen anything like that. And I just think Obama, if the internet was what it is now, was then when he was in office, I think Ooh. he'd be getting murdered right now. And we would all be discussing about how his grandfather is, is basically Bush's cousin. And, you know, was he raised to be president? And what's your guys' yes. thoughts on that whole thing? Yeah, I have a, I, I want to defer to Binkley, but I, well, I, just to your point about the internet, I read a book about it. I read Webster Tarpley's book about Obama. I also read Wayne Madsen, I think it was, had a whole expose about Obama. They showed his grandfather putting lays, I always say laying, lay, putting lays on his father before the father ever met the mother. So 
Obama is a great example of a created person. And we think the current one, the perfect example right now is Stacey Abrams, who has a similarly unreported PAC story. Brad? If I repeat anything Monica says, it's because I can't hear anything she says. I don't know why. I think I can hear you guys, but I can't hear her. Yeah, I think Obama was raised to be one to be in politics. And I guess he won out the ability to organize. They train these kids. They go to these exclusive programs and they get all of the training they need to organize the masses while the rest of us go to public schools that teach us to follow orders. And the ones that demonstrate their ability to organize the best get raised up to these positions. And I think Obama absolutely was groomed to do that from a young age. His grandma, if you read about his grandma, it's like his grandma was a waitress. And then one day she was the president of a bank and she helped Obama go to a prep school. It's like, there's a big gap there. How did she advance so quickly? Yeah, it's, it's so weird. And you don't want to believe uh, any, you don't want to believe that this happens. But I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars that are at stake. And, you know, we, we take a look at Fivehead, the mayor of Chicago, and all the corruption in that town. Over years, we've heard corruptions forever. And it's all about, it's all about contracts and getting out tra- contracts and build, being able to build a giant mall and who gets that. And, like, whoever's in charge, their friends get it. And that's why people bad love it. So the notion that every election is just fake, I think is a little weird because there are real life consequences on who gets what. Now, are they going to put each other in jail? I doubt it. Someone put out the great thing about Tom and Jerry, about how (laughs) Tom and Jerry are really (laughs) friends and they work together because, you know, the mouse doesn't want a new cat in there because the new cat might actually kill him. So he has to keep you know, the, Tom has to keep his job. Jerry has to help Tom keep his job so that he doesn't really ever get eaten. So there's this kind of show that goes on for the owner that, you know, that, that they're fighting with each other. And who's the dog? Is that the fucking lizard people? Is that Illuminati? <laughs> That's a great question. That is the great. It's probably Hanna-Barbera. I don't know, man. It's like, who is the lizard person in that? Uh, that question. It is kind of, uh, it is kind of crazy, man. I kind of go back and forth on if it's real, if there are, uh, if there are really two factions, and I see a lot of evidence that there are two factions, and but for sure, I'm often surprised at how how it really comes down to petty things like money. Like it really, there's a lot of power, there's a lot of occult stuff, there's all that. But a lot of times it's just getting your buddy the contract or selling more books. You guys say that they're Uh, created, right? Uh, Created how? Like their first job, who they marry? Like is everything- Well, let's get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where do you guys want to start? Let's start with Stacey Abrams and what is she presented as and what is she really? She's presented as someone who grew up in poverty, who struggled to overcome oppression. And despite it all, she raised herself up to become this political figure who everybody in the country knows now. She was called the most influential African-American politician currently outside of Obama. He's an ex-president, so they gave that throne over to her. And it's I overcame what all the downtrodden overcame, and therefore I represent you. 
She's actually said, you can tell by looking at me that you can trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that, yeah. Finkley? Yeah, And I it's do. so, so interesting yeah. because it's it, like, I, I think what ha- we see this in sports, right? I think that, you know, the Boulay, all that group, they, they pick these people and it's, they try to, they push everybody forward, but whoever sticks is who gets, keeps getting pushed forward. Many are called and few are chosen. So like, I think Travis Kalanick was was supposed to be one of the big tech guys, but he wouldn't cooperate. And now he's out. But the ones who do cooperate are shooting things off to the moon. And I looked into the big tech guys. I don't have that notes in front of me, but almost all of them had some kind of military intelligence connection. But like with Stacey Abrams, when you look at her, a real kind of grassroots candidate, a person like Cynthia McKinney from Atlanta is probably more of this characteristic. But with Stacey Abrams, both of her parents have graduate degrees. So that already, if you fill out demographics. Yeah, in the 60s. In the 60s had two degrees. That's not someone who's not doing okay for themselves. An African-American woman. And more important is that that person can help you navigate the steps you have to take to get into the ultra elite. So Stacey Abrams went to a high school program called Telluride in Colorado, I think it was, and it was ultra elite. And it was meant to, to, I think they told her and she's talked about it, to make a life plan. And she said that around that time or as she developed a life plan, she established that she wanted to run for president in 2028. And if you look at her resume, I won't, I I mean, I can bring out in details but overall internships. She's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. She had State Department internships. She had a Yukos Oil thing, which was Kissinger and Rothschild. And Binkley, you're going to like this. I didn't realize that the British American project that she was an intern in, which was established by far right people, including Rupert Murdoch and uh, Ronald Reagan, that, well, I don't, I don't actually consider him too far right, but the, the, one of the founders from England was a Royal Institute of International Affairs fellow. That's a guy who is the Chatham House. And so she still goes to the Chatham House. She's still very close to that. And this is a pure globalist, losing people, young people. They talk about targeting young people, people who can be politically powerful. And they tell them how to legislate, what to promote, how to change systems, how to, how to basically get the people on board with the globalist plan. Yeah. Yeah. And Abrams had a lot of training, not just from those programs, but her parents were both in the civil rights movement. They both were part of the group that predated the Black Panthers. So, so she grew up around guys who were the leaders of the Black Panthers. I think Jesse Smollett's parents were involved in some of the same groups. So she's been in activism her entire life. Her father used to get them to do stunts. She tells a story about her father sending her in to go get an award at this school. She won an essay contest. So he sent his like six-year-old daughter in and she goes in and the person would not give her the, the reward because it's a six-year-old that doesn't have an ID there and she can't verify it. Stacy turns that into a racial thing. She was oppressed because she didn't believe a black woman, a black girl could win the writing contest, but her dad was just getting her to practice doing publicity stunts so she can learn how to do it in the future to provoke people, to set her up in situations to be the victim. And she can then exploit that and gain power from it. Yeah, I, I believe all this happens. It's, uh, you know, different forms of MK Ultra. 
different forms of all this, the seeding of this, the, um, the you know, and, and this whole notion that, let's say, a, uh, a, a gay man in Manhattan has it 10 times worse than poor white trash in, in the Appalachian Mountains is just laughable. It's just laughable. But that is what political correctness is meant to do. It's meant to take out thinking and everything is plug and play. There's, you know, it's like that Kawam Bell or whatever his name did, you know, private school Negro. Like to me, that is like flaunting it in our face. How ridiculous the system is to go to private school and then try to convince everybody you're a second class citizen is laughable to me i i mean i keep saying i've been arrested 17 times man i mean excuse me i'm gonna clean it up i did not get arrested i've been pulled over by the cops 17 times i've been to jail for drugs i have a family member who got divorced he's not in the family he's doing hard time for 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 uh basically making drugs he's in jail for it i I have family members that just their lives have been ruined by drugs. I mean, it's two I of my siblings died from drugs. It's it's you know, and and to discount all this as meaning nothing is just ridiculous. Well, I think That's there's class war, in my opinion. I think there's a historical reason yeah. for that. I think like with communism and Marx and stuff, they wanted to do it based on poverty. They wanted the workers of the world to unite. And they found that it was not as powerful as the cultural connection, maybe a tribal connection, national connection. People would not supersede their countries. And I think that's when they kind of moved over to the cultural Marxism stuff or the Karl Popper stuff that Soros goes for, which is they look at the identity. They find that people feel stronger about identity and they could use that as a kind of forever wedge because you can't change that. There's no reconciling that problem. And Binkley pulled a great clip of Stacey Abrams identifying that as, as a, an oh well kind of problem. You can't resolve it, so what? Uh, I yeah, they don't want to resolve the problems. They need the issues because without the issues, they don't have the power. People can't look to them to pull them out of it. And Abrams, She's been funded by George Soros since at least 2014, and come 2016, 17, and 18, Soros' whole family started donating to her. I mean, they've given her millions upon millions of dollars for a long time, and she's doing his bidding for him. And the thing about Abrams is right now what we're seeing, these riots, she cut her teeth during the Rodney King riots when she went to Spelman College. She organized a group that advocated violence, that advocated uh, by any means necessary mentality, and she led a march, as she calls it, during the Rodney King riots. And she ended up getting on Oprah after that. She ended up getting a job in the Atlanta mayor's office after that. And this is what catapulted her to some of the more prominent things. She was a speaker at the 30th annual Million Man March. And when you listen to what she says, you might as well be listening to Greta Thunberg. Because she's saying the same stuff that Greta Thunberg says now. <laughs> I have a weird thing with that girl in that I, I feel bad for her. Yeah, I, I feel too. like a lot of people in the um in the truth or conspiracy community are like they're all about, you know, protecting children as we should be, but have no problem with treating that young girl as a uh, uh, just a punching bag. I'm like, this girl is being abused by her yeah. parents. She's no different than Desmond the Amazing or whatever that trans kid is that 
is being allowed to be put in these awful positions by people that were are meant to be the ones who protect them and, and make sure that they don't get exploited. And they're completely getting exploited. So when they put herself on, on like weird pictures, I think is really uncomfortable to put a child's picture on. I'm like, you guys got to remember, man, we're in here to protect the kids. And you're just a lot, you're just treating this kid who, when they show you when the cameras are off, like she has like weird twicks that lets me think there's been abuse done. And you know, yeah. I won't be involved in that shit. They, I think it's of Michael up. Jackson. She's not, she's not that young though. She's, she's 17. Six, She's 17. That's 17. still underage. Oh, yeah, definitely underage, she's but she's not like, around. yeah, but she's not like Desmond the, the amazing. Yeah, but dude, but XG, it's not like they started this last oh, week. Oh, no, 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 definitely, they, she, definitely she's been on a thing, but she's 17. Like, I'm not saying that's not okay, but she's the one, like, I thought when they put her out, I she looks like a 12-year-old. I literally thought it was way more fucked up. Well, when she I was started like, at, like, I think it was 16 years old, 16 or 15. Yeah. That's still... No, yeah. Young, and you know the abuse and the training and the brainwashing happened. They don't just trot them and out. what about stage fright? Think about the, the horrors of having to go and put yourself out there and people hate you. You're afraid of people hating you. That's what stage fright is, and they do hate her. They put her up there, they talk her into it being okay, and then, she, I mean, what little piece of her brain must they have had to carve out to get her to deal with this, or drugs, or maybe she does have a... Uh, like an autistic problem that helps her shut things off in certain compartments. But I do, I agree with you that you don't come out of that hole. It's just, it's, it's like really sad. And have you guys seen the video of Stacey Abrams when she basically finds out she's not going to be <gasps> vice president? Yes. It that was so, so weird. Did you see that Binkley? Which she's one? Like, was that with her and Joe Biden? Yes. I did see that when it was the live Zoom. What thing. did you think of that? That looks pretty real to me. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I thought it was awkward because everything Joe Biden does is awkward and Zoom <laughs> makes it even because there's a delay sometimes. So it's hard to tell what she's reacting to. Uh, I, I found it to be real. I thought she thought that she was about to be named oh, president, yeah. vice president. And I think because that's part of the script. And I, I do believe there are wild card moments. I, I don't think. You can, it's like, yeah, Siegfried and Roy didn't think that tiger was gonna bite their right. fucking skull, but you know, yeah. it, these, Plus, these moments happen. There has to be spontaneity, and a lot of times, I think most people who are involved in, in playing a role don't know they're playing a role. That's the whole way that you get them to do it so plausibly. Very few people need to know what the script that it, that there's a script. So the less you can, act, the more that you can get them to believe in themselves as the person they have been created to be, the more you can Truman show them, the better, the more authentic it looks. I, I agree. Yeah. I think that could be LeBron James for sure. I mean, by all accounts, everybody talks about LeBron James, says he's the nicest guy. Uh, I think that, um, I know people who I, I, you know, wouldn't lie to me for any month. They, that's just not who they are. And they've hung out and said he's the nicest dude. But he probably doesn't know that he has been pushed for. Or maybe he does. I don't know. But it, it just seems like some, he seems to be doing this, this uh, social justice warrior shit. Um, well, look what they did to Steve, Steph Curry when he kind of thought outside the box and the Bill Cosby thing, like he, he said stuff people didn't want to hear 
And I, I don't like his opinions and I don't like his behavior, but I think they make it very clear that if you don't say what they want you to say, when, yeah. what role that you have to play, they take that you do not influencers can only influence in within the box that there's I, it's like an Overton window of influence. I feel like I see yeah, the they have same way. Good. I think Ice Cube the same way. He doesn't notice that he influenced people to fucking go do crimes and NWA type things. And now he's sounding like, oh, I can't come on Good Morning America and do this. I'm like, dude, you're kind of part of like not the problem, but the whole drug epidemic had to do a little bit with you. Well, I, I would tell you, XC, that's a great point. I think, you know, there's this famous note that or, you know. Uh, post that was put out about a meeting with the record label saying this is what you're going to start promoting and it was gangster rap so I, I don't know you know it's like you know I meet these people in Hollywood all the time that kind of start they become characters and I think that's what Ice Cube became he sold this character about being a gangbanger when we go back to he had two parent household both like one was a teacher one was a bus driver which means they had like benefits and all that stuff that comes with being a state employee okay uh and then he just sold something which was that you know i'm from the mean street and he was just really great it's like my thing on Nick Kroll. If you kind of look at Nick Kroll, like, and what his family's involved with, you know, but the truth is that Nick Kroll is a five-tool entertainer. Like, he is amazing. He is amazing. Like, he, I've watched him do stand-up. His stamp's amazing. His sketch show's amazing. Was he pushed forward because he went to Georgetown, which is a Jesuit school and all that stuff? I wouldn't doubt it. Well, it doesn't work yeah. if it's not good. It's like rock and roll. It's like the 60s. There's a lot of CIA stuff behind the counterculture, but it doesn't stick if it's not good. You can't influence if you're not engaging. Stacey I Abrams is very good at what she does. She's smart and she speaks to her target audience very well. There is, we've been reading from this OSS field manual, the OSS, the Office, Office of Strategic Services, which predated the CIA. And they have a morale operations field manual, which is the equivalent of what we call psychological warfare now. And it shows the training that they need these psychological warfare agents to do and the skill sets that they need to possess. And they describe Stacey Abrams. They, descri they describe these provocateurs, these agents of chaos, coming up and they have to be able to speak to their demographic. They have to be able to look like them. They have to be able to feel like them. They have to be able to move like them. And the ones that do it the best, they're very skilled, end up being the ones that get picked out of the, out of the bunch. Yeah, I completely agree with it. I mean, and then you see like these games being played now. I don't know if like Seth McFarlane, I can't say for sure that he was in on everything or, Mark Wahlberg was in on everything, but they've been rewarded for being telling everybody they were supposed to be on a flight that I question whether that really was ever a real story. And you had the same thing with NWA. It's like, and I'm going to be honest with you, Magic Johnson. Like, here's yep. a guy that was the face of this AIDS scare that is a billionaire. When a lot of the other people outside of like who Michael Jordan and just think how big culturally Michael Jordan is was was Magic Johnson culturally ever that big? No, 
except for after the AIDS thing. And LeBron James is kind of there just because of the business uh, a model has grown since Michael Jordan kind of created it. And he got this billion dollar deal from Nike as one of the two athletes to get that deal. But we all, know, we, we, know, yeah. we all know why it wasn't Kobe because of his rape allegation. Well, that's another thing. They push you forward, and if you fall and stumble, they kind of nope. move on. And and Kobe Her was, story was pretty fishy, though. Am I not uh, allowed I, to say that? No, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, Her story yeah. was super fishy. We it, have a whole story that she represents. Uh, um, her father was very high up in the Colorado government, and you know, I got you know, very. I have another podcast called uh punch drunk sports and there's a famous like clip from there which is why would i lie which is me and ari arguing that i'm friends with the with the um the you know the celebrity sex tape guy and he said that there's a tape of her saying she made that whole story up well the evidence would support that her her public story about kobe was not true and and they maybe they wanted to take him out for whatever reason. Maybe he was something somebody who had his own mind. But you know, they blackmail these... him too. I mean, yeah. they send people in to yes. blackmail him and set him up, and that way they have him compromised. Yes. It, I mean, it talks about that in this manual: blackmail, bribery. That's two of their main things that they do. You oh. get somebody on the hook for something, then you get them to do small ask, and then you increase the ask until they're so deep that they can't ever get out of it. That's like a no-brainer with politicians, but of course it's probably the same in Hollywood. Well, I mean, like, if you give somebody a billion dollars, it's going to be hard for them ever to come out and be honest. Why would they ever do that? Or get on a plane. What if they decide to break and run? What if, what if Anthony Bourdain just, like, wouldn't do what they told him? And then he's just, that's that. It's time the carrot go. and the stick at the same Call time. Call it a day. I yeah. mean... That's half the reason why I'm brutally honest about all the weird shit. I'm, I, you know, like I'm a weirdo, you know? And I, I mean, I'm 47 with a fucking, whatever this haircut is. I love I mean, your hair. I, I'm, love thank you. Hair. Thank they you. say, <laughs> they say that Dave Chappelle, that's why Dave Chappelle went to Africa. Yeah. What happened with him? They because say that I he think... wouldn't buck. They say that he wouldn't buck and he right. said, I get the fuck out of here. But he figured it out. I think, and he came back and he was or like, he well, that, that didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. He, His uh, last special was great. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's one a great, of them was. Yeah, yeah. He he's a he's a great comic. It's just you know he is part of this this movement. Uh, you know, I love hearing comics going, "Thank you, Dave Chappelle, for being so brave and saying all this." I'm like, you let him say that. Like, brave is like saying something that everybody's gonna fucking beat you like a pinata. For, but saying it because you don't fucking care. That's punk rock. Anything that, that Dave Chappelle says is greeted with cheers. But that was his show was very controversial. There was all this low-hanging fruit of stuff that was not touched, that people were not going to touch. Who could get away with that? And he did it anyway. He came out with the like syphilis thing. And <laughs> you know, it was so crazy, the stuff well, he came out with. culturally huge. Yeah, and, but it and... was culturally risky. And, and I think, and I think I've heard him say this maybe, that they wanted to, they wanted to direct 
kind of some of the the messages, some of the presentation, how he cast stuff. And I knew as soon as they started telling him what he couldn't do, it was never going to be as good. I think about the pressure of trying to deliver to that expectation with your hands tied behind your back. That's why I figured he was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I and I think that he did come back and compromise. But well, I mean, if you look at the people that the the people that didn't get notes, how great their shows are. Like, and how they pay, I mean, like Louis CK, you know, there's also something about this, about the people who end up, um, uh, being, you know, a corporate puppet and then going off the, the ranch and them taking beatings for that. And we'll get into that a little quicker. Hey, can you pause real quick? I just have to use the bathroom and then I want to get into uh, Camille Harris real quick. Sorry guys. Yep. We're going to do Kamala Harris too, by the way. <laughs> that's all right chameleon chameleon here she chameleon. is kind of a chameleon. chameleon yeah so uh back to what we were talking about i want to get into camille harris real quick because this woman is unbelievable yeah. like she represents everything that is wrong with our, our culture our system if you know she's locked really? up more Black people than anybody in the history. And why am I yelling at you guys? In the history of California. And now she's showing up to these things about pushing against the, the police brutality. Dude, you argued in court. This woman argued in court that they should release prisoners for good behavior because it was going to hurt the workforce. That's slavery. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's backwards. She gets on stage and she talks about how Joe Biden is a racist for something that was, I mean, what the busting thing that I think Democrats were on board with too. And that becomes the major story. And I looked up her family because I'm always like, why well, don't I ever see her husband? Because if you, if the spouse goes well for that situation, you'll see the spouse or you'll, you'll see the parents. But if you don't see the spouse or the parents, they're either dead or there's a reason. And when I found out the picture of her family, her husband is a Hollywood Jewish lawyer and she has a bunch of stepchildren and they're white. And that's perfectly fine. That's great. But for her to be up there to hypocritically pushing <laughs> this, I'll, I'll, I'll hypocritically. Yeah. It just blows my mind. And the way she talks, she's so disingenuous. She's so disingenuous. Wait, what about and, her crazy relationship with the police? Do these guys want to hear about that? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Binkley. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. I just she, think, she, I see her and I think of lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> she has this story that came out in 2015 when she was the Attorney General of California that connects her to the Knights Templar that she has never spoken about, as far as I can see. I can't find anybody that's asked her about that, and she's never made a statement about it. There was a guy that worked in the office, in the AG's office. His name was Brandon Keel. He was her deputy director of community affairs and her liaison to the public. And this is Reuters that's saying this. They, they tried to go back later and say, oh, it was just a low-level staffer, a low-level staffer. No, it was not a low-level staffer. She personally thanked this guy for the work that he did on her truancy project back in 2015 or 16. And he was in the office working closely with her. So he gets arrested. And the reason he got arrested is because he was going around to precincts 
stinks in the state of California. He was calling them up. He was saying, I work for Kamala Harris's AG office, using his credibility and authority to get in. And then he was dressing like a police officer. He had two other people with him. They were going around. And then when they got there, hi, I'm from Kamala Harris's AG office. And we are representing the Knights Templar, the fraternal Masonic police department, the original police department, thousands of years old. We have we have jurisdiction over your police station in 33 states in the United States, and we have jurisdiction over all of the police stations in Mexico. So he's saying this, and he's leading his, his official business card for the AG office there, which means that he was not afraid of Kamala finding out about this. He was certain that she would, which makes me think that maybe she did know a little bit about it. But it's not just this guy. It's the other two people involved as well. The other two people involved, one of them was called the Grand Master, and he, he was the head. He was the, the leader of this organization. The other was just a woman who went along with him and never said anything, according to all the witnesses. So these people get arrested. When they get arrested, the cops found all kind of cop cars. They found all kind of weapons, all kind of police stuff, like 20 cop cars at their house, all of them fake. They're not real police officers. They got arrested for imperson impersonating a peace officer, and he was using a a false ID. No, the false purposes for using a federal ID was his other thing. So the three of them, they get they get arrested. Only one of them ever gets charged. The one that got charged was the woman. <laughs> the woman had, yeah, he didn't get charged because he works in the AG. That's my opinion. That he works in the AG office. The other guy, he didn't get charged for another reason. Because the day before his hearing, he drops dead. Oh, now let well, me. Let me tell you about this other guy. You go to this other guy's Google Plus. I don't know if it's still there. I have a lot of the pictures on our website. I can send you a link to it and you can see some of the crazy ass pictures this guy has. Him and Bill Clinton, him and Maxine Waters, him and all these prominent politicians. And he wears and the Knights Templar getup, right? With the he's apron. He's got the craziest shit on. He looks like a yeah, he's got the Knights Templar, old school stuff, and he's just posing with them. He they gave Maxine Waters an award. He was apparently a journalist at a local Fox organization for a little while. Won an it's Emmy really award. fishy. I mean, I remember thinking this sounds like it's straight out of like a fake, you know, like the onion or whatever, but or some yeah. fake conspiracy <laughs> theory website that's there to like get you to suck in to this dumb thing but this guy right. and he's got a youtube page crazy. he had a yeah, youtube so page this. found his youtube page and he's got some videos up there that he made right after he got arrested and in the video the first one i watch he is telling everybody that the investigator in this case hernandez put a hit out on his life put a hit out on his life and he's saying bring it on bring it on then he makes another video telling Kamala Harris, telling President Obama, telling Maxine Waters, who we know he has a relationship with because there's pictures of her and him on his website. I need you to stop this. I need you to stop these investigators. There's a hit out on me. I need you to help me. Save my life. I need you to help me. A few months later, he drops dead mysteriously right before his first court hearing. And oh this other guy, Brandon Teal. Yeah, it's a crazy Brandon story. Teal. It's crazy. Yeah. There's and it has Brandon not been Teal. debunked. No, it hasn't. <laughs> this is in San Francisco newspapers in 2015. Brandon Teal has no online activity, not any at all, up until that moment he did. So right up before he got arrested, he was active online, had a Twitter account, had all kind of stuff. Not a peep from him or that woman since then. And the only thing the guy tweeted about right before he stopped tweeting in 2015 was Kamala Harris. He tweeted about Kamala Harris all the time. And they didn't even fire him. 
they put him on leave, paid leave, up until you know they went to court and he just disappeared. And Kamala's never answered a question about this. It reminds me of the Jeffrey Allen Lash story. Do you remember that guy? He was like an alien and he ate raw meat and everything. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a huge... I, I actually know that there's some, there's one thing people don't miss about how important Tell that me, story is. Oh, no, I need but, to hear. Well, this is it. He There was a like a really long article that explained away everything. He's not an alien. It works. Yeah, sorry, Big Let me just I'll get right back to it. But I... So... Here's the thing. It, they said he all his guns and everything were legally acquired. But according to what it said in the articles, the article I was reading, it would be physically, mathematically impossible for him to acquire all of those arms according to legally, according to the laws of California. So he had to be in on something. But the, but so there were a couple of articles about that guy, Jeffrey Allen Lash, and that just completely went away, even though it's like really real. Same thing with this stuff. It's like real, well, you know, real the, the and it's gone. Thing, well, the big thing about that was it all came out during the Vegas shooting because the Vegas shooting happened. And then just a short time after that, th this story pops because there was already talking about the Vegas shooter being, uh, uh, you know, in on it and uh you know part uh, you know what else was going on with that being a gun runner was a big story oh, about that oh yeah and you know and now like poor wikileaks man <laughs> they did this huge dump and like talk about just nobody can i feel so bad because one thing they dumped about it was how like one of the shooters was an fbi guy and no, nothing, nothing. I, I'm just, a little bit of a WikiLeaks skeptic. Well, man, what? I could talk to you all day. Sorry. What? <laughs> okay, what's Julian Assange? I think he's, I think, here's my, my position. If they didn't have a honeypot, if they didn't have someone to attract all the whistleblowers, they'd have to create one. And they'd have to create the one that got the most people. And there's only one that every whistleblower knows I'm going to call this guy. He's that guy. And there are a couple of weird things. Like I think with WikiLeaks, you have to sign away your rights to the material you give them and they don't have to ever release it. And, and also he was in there for so long I, in that, uh, whatever it was, the Ecuadorian embassy. I actually, I know this sounds crazy, but <laughs> as if a lot of other stuff doesn't also sound crazy. I'm there, dude. But I don't think he was in there the whole time. If you see, there was a back picture of him because he was in this cult, but there was a time when he was a really impressive looking drag queen. I think it was Jane Mansfield or something. Really, really oh. great looking. Yeah, there's a picture of him. It's unbelievable. And I just <laughs> think that's what he, that's what he does. And that, then when he started growing the beard, I was like, oh, I guess he's not doing that anymore. So I think, and I, I wonder if Edward Snowden does that too. I because, was about to ask you about Because I totally Snowden. don't believe in Edward Snowden. He's, yeah, he's he just walks it. around Russia and just yeah. hangs out. And he and said, no but this is what he said. He said, people will recognize me by my eyes. And I'm thinking, you're cross-dressing. I don't even know if they're really trans, but I think that's why, or transvestites, but I think that's why they do on purpose, that they will do that just to be able to have some freedom. Not that it's like living out their inner dreams did michael jackson do that isn't that the classic michael jackson thing he would go oh no i never like heard that some something else so he could just go hang out with people 
that's what I think that, that I didn't know that, but that's what I thought would be a perfect way to do it. When Snowden said that thing about being recognized, I thought, yeah, because you just couldn't believe that people could tell by looking at your eyes. And he um, wears the glasses, always has that same little outfit, which is a very CIA thing to do. Like he's got a costume. So his hair never grows. His angles never different. The think, glasses are the same. Because I've always pushed back against transgender because I, I just know trans and I, it just makes me laugh because they're the most, powerless people i know i mean they have but do you think it's that these people get in the power because they're trans or do are they pushing the power because they're trans and then blackmailed oh you're talking about like j edgar hoover and stuff uh, all that stuff like all i mean like well, i will agenda. tell you this i will tell you this that i i think it's pretty for sure that you are not going to get into a position of power most of the time if they don't have something real they can use against you. So they make sure, and if they don't have it, they slip you the roofie the day you show up in Washington, they take the picture of you with the boy and they got you. So I feel like for the most part, they, everybody has something that, and, and as things get increasingly acceptable, I don't know what those somethings are going to be, but so yeah, I, they I, say in, with so soldiers and former military, they say that it's almost impossible to go to war and not violate some rule or regulation that they can then use against the soldiers when they come back to compromise them. I think that too about like the criminal code. It just you there's nobody who's not breaking laws all the time. And they, and that's why it was okay before there was total surveillance because they couldn't watch you all the time. If they could watch you all the time, you would start wondering about all these laws. But now they can watch you all the time. So I feel like there's going to be a turnkey moment when they start enforcing all that stuff and there's nothing you can do because you're disarmed and you're under constant surveillance so that you can't organize. We don't have a First Amendment anymore, so you can't organize a meet space. It's all digitized. They can read it all. They can get ahead of you if you had any good ideas about how to push back. So and how many carrier pigeons? That's the future. They're all well, dead. Five think about these that's riots. what 5G is about. Kill off the carrier pigeons. Everybody's filming themselves committing crimes during these riots right now, and they're getting uploaded to the cloud because that's where they go automatically. So they have all this evidence. They can compromise all of these people that are rioting with. You think, Look, you think you that's the that? guy? Yeah. 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 Oh, is that the guy that his that, outfit? Yeah, that's the Kamala Harris associate. Well, that that's the whole thing about um this young man that died, Greg Lloyd. I mean, George Greg George Floyd, Floyd. George. Yeah. Oh God, I'm gonna take a beating on that one too. <laughs> George Floyd. Nicely done. Um, he, you know, it's like uh, you know, we got this basketball player that is um, what's his name, Johnny, the basketball player, um, Stephen Jackson. Steven Jackson, his yeah. dad is straight up like a Mason. He's a Mason. He talks about it. now you're seeing him everywhere. He's posting like, I'm really excited about being the voice of change. Like watch for him to elevate up. Larry Johnson's been calling him out on this shit, which is super brave. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting. Uh, I want to get into oh oh. Wait, I got a question from. Do you think that if there wasn't a lockdown for COVID, they could have gone away with the curfew? As if they would have just said, hey, "I don't curfew. think." I don't think they could have generated the level of protests 
the riots are something different, but yeah, I think they had, they said, okay, we have people, they have people for 10 weeks locked down. So I've been in California for a little while and it's been really, really locked down here. So there's nothing you can do. You can't go out. The kids can't go out. No one is allowed to go anywhere without a mask, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I, I honestly believe you could tell anyone there's one thing you're allowed to do and they would do it, whatever it is, they would just do it. And I think that's how they got so many people to come out is that they said it was okay to do this one thing. And that's, and yeah. then they bring in the curfew after that. And these plans, I and think- the stimulus they, checks help them. Mm-hmm. The stimulus checks fund them. Yeah, and that kept them from actually protesting the lockdown. If they, had, if they hadn't gotten a stimulus check, they would have gotten mad about starving, but they didn't. And then, and I think that they, I don't know if these plans like really get how detailed they get way out in the distance, like in October when they, when the novel coronavirus was a sparkle in Bill Gates's eye that, that they knew how this would play out. But I think they, they've uh, been talking about race problems. I disagree. So I think this is all it part is of their plan yeah. because, be. uh, you know, it's like, look at, look, I mean, releasing all the prisoners that made no sense except for when you think they're about to have riots emptying the the jails well that makes sense when you know they have mass arrests and then the the masks hey wear masks every every independent doctor's like the masks don't make sense unless you're trying to blend in antifa everywhere yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought yeah, of that. Yeah, masks are bad. There's people that's lungs are collapsing from jogging in masks. Because I can't Dr. breathe. I can't breathe. Jen, I can't breathe. It's the same, it's the same motto thing. for both and things. And what does they? Floyd go. has COVID. Say yeah. That, yeah, he has COVID, too. He has COVID. But he's the first case, the first person to have COVID, and it'd be completely unrelated to his death. I will. That is funny. I will say I, when I was on your friend, James Corbett, we were on Corbett and we were talking about how the lockdowns are probably going to be blamed on phase two. I mentioned at that time that they like to, and Binkley had pointed this out before too, they always like to have multiple stressors. So I was anticipating, what are they going to do? Have hurricanes, earthquakes, what's coming? And I didn't know, think of this particular thing, but this serves both purposes in that they can have a multiple stressor and they can also blame this thing for the, for the second round of COVID. They're already doing that. But it's the police's fault. Remember that story we covered today? They say there might be a second thing of COVID coming soon, but it's not the protesters fault. It's the way the police react. Dialectic already on that. That Michigan governor who told everybody stay home is Mm -hmm. now balls deep in black people surrounding her uh fucking shoulder to shoulder i'm like what i mean how do anybody not question this how i like dude i got comic friends who are snitching to the uh, governor newsom about people being on the beach and now this motherfucker's like out there like protesting shoulder to shoulder with people what changed in a week asshole Trying to get people to just, I was doing this thing, March on DC, July 4th, or just anything. What can we do? And people are like, well, we don't know when we're allowed to go out. We don't, I mean, how are we going to fly? I don't know. Even, and I this uh, isn't working. So, so even Garcetti, Mayor Garcetti was out there with no mask on. The guy who's been the most prosecutorial of all politicians in California, possibly, it was out there without a mask on, with, surrounded by a thousand people. It's, it's truly so, I mean, commanding it control. You, yeah. I saw an article that said 
you can have sex with a stranger as long as you wear a face mask. <laughs> what sense uh, does that make? <laughs> Which is crazy. To- Guys, I want to get into OAC oh, and yeah. her crazy story. So we had R.A. the Rugged Man. I love having him on. He comes on all the time. And, you know, and he was going off about, you know, how his support of OAC. And I'm like, you know they casted her, and he's like, "Come on, dude!" And I'm like, "No, dude, they casted her." It's beyond that. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on her. I knew her name is Sandy Ocasio because it's not Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She's entitled to call herself whatever she wants right now, but it's just like Barry Sotero. That was Barack Obama's name. When Barry, what? What is it? Barry, Barry? Barry Sotero was Barack Obama's name. He was uh, apparently adopted by his Indonesian father stepfather when that guy was the union oil liaison with the indonesian government that was installed by a u.s coup but and at the same time his mother worked at the ford foundation for tim geithner's father but that's a different story hold on hold on is obama (laughs) a bush is obama Obama. i don't know that's that that was obama's story he's a creative person you nailed it right away is his mom? I thought there's pictures of his mom naked on the internet, and she oh, was yeah. a CIA MK Ultra person. Well, her father apparently was CIA. That's the rumor. But she was she did work for the Ford Foundation when Tim Geithner's father ran it, and her husband was this Union Oil liaison with the Indonesian uh, government. But he was he was birthed by her, right? Yeah, and the father, his biological father, was a Kenyan guy. But the guy who raised him was the Indonesian guy, Lolo Sotero. He has a sister who's Indonesian. So what about this guy going around on Twitter saying he's Barack Obama's brother? Have you seen this guy? Yeah, I guess weird. I think he's a Kenyan kid because the father had another wife and family, right? In Kenya? Yeah. It's It's Malik Obama, isn't it? Yeah, Malik Obama. I think so. Oh, and then that him. father was British intelligence, though. Like the Barack Obama the first or whatever his father. Hold on, the father. Kenyan guy. No, Barack Obama's father's Kenyan, and his father was Kenyan, so his grandfather, I believe, was British intelligence. I believe. Or Hold his, on, his mom's side or his dad's side? Dad's side. Barack Obama's Kenyan oh dad. Oh my God! So was in bed dad? with the British colonialists. So his mom, oh, his mom's side was CIA. British. Oh my God! So and, and the stepfather too was a was a liaison between oil and a yeah that's, that's government. so so Barack Obama's super creative uh, mother's side is CIA and his father's side is British intelligence. I think so. Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! That's so crazy. That's just the old stuff. So, but AOC, I don't think it's as deep as that, but AOC, so, so I'm just saying like they changed their names to fit the, the, oh, well, yeah, that's called living in Hollywood. I can't tell you how many of my friends had super white names and now it's the most ethnic name you could possibly (laughs) come up with. They spell their own name wrong on purpose. One of my favorite (laughs) people is this guy named Greg Wilson. He's a really funny comic. 
And like he was Greg Wilson forever. And I thought he was Jewish. Turns out he's Latino. And now his name is like Greg L. Wilson <laughs> La, La Bamba or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Greg Will says. We need so Greg. She, I love I don't blame him. I don't so hate him. Yeah, I thought about <laughs> it. It's like her name. Her, nobody says Ocasio-Cortez. Like nobody d- does that. It's like her name's because people like, oh, Cortez. I'm like, it's not a Cortez. It's Ocasio. But it's Ocasio. So Sandy Ocasio, that was her name. And she was just, it seems like she was middle class, but well-educated father's an architect. Those titties aren't middle class. <laughs> the what, her what? Uh, her her, her cheeks, dude. Her oh, I see. So, really? Are they good? <laughs> yeah, she's got yeah. big, big oh, yeah. mammies. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, that video, music course, video. Oh, really? Oh, where she's dancing? Oh, it's my opinion is that, I, and you've heard rumors, of a sex tape. And I think that will be dropped at some point because a, a sex tape for a woman never hurts their career. It <laughs> only, it's only like, unless you're Tommy Lee, if every other sex tape hurts <laughs> your career, if you're a guy and you got to have like a fucking horse dick <laughs> for it to blow it up. But for a woman, it never hurts their career. It never does. And I feel like when they position her to make a run for pop or like president, that's when that shit will drop. Yeah, and then people will attack her for it, and it will make her more lovable to yeah. the left. And, and it yeah. might, Binkley thought it might be a deep fake. He's actually uh, floated that faking, idea. Yeah. Everything's going to be a deep not, fake. She's Sandy from the Bronx. Yeah, uh, Sandy from the she Bronx. She was born like, from the block. She's not, yeah. She's, she moved, she moved after she was, she was two years old. Five. No, they say five. It's two. It's two. I oh, looked are you it up. Sure? I looked up I the records the timeline now. here. Yes. Oh, okay. No, but the, the the New York Times is wrong. It's it's two because really? I looked up the records in that town, and that town can't figure out why she doesn't come back. And they try to interview her. It's like Yorktown or something. Yeah, Yorktown and Heights. They, yeah, she she will not go back and talk to anybody in that town because they all know she's a fraud. That they lied because the ages between three and five are when your brain is formed, like when you start the impressions of the culture around you. She was living around a bunch of wealthy white people during that period of time in her life, not in the Bronx. Well, I think that she was probably solidly middle class. And they talk about how her, they needed money when the dad died because he died intestate and probate and stuff. And I'm thinking, you don't need all that stuff when you're married. And I was like, were the parents divorced, whatever. I think it was taxes. I think the mom, she's very sensitive to taxes, Sandy's mom. So she moved to Florida for taxes. And I think she, one of the articles I read or one of the like court documents I read had to do with, she didn't fill out the inheritance stuff properly for tax purposes. But this is where AOC's legacy of having to be a waitress for all this time comes out. And to me, that's where it all falls apart because I was a waitress for a long time and I was a bartender and I know how to make craft cocktails and I'm not buying her line about that. And and you go back and it says, oh yeah, her brother put her name into the hat and she got picked out and oh, I can't believe it. I'm this accidental congresswoman. Meanwhile, she interned for Ted Kennedy when she was in college. Oh, she, yeah. did, she did a TED talk that you can't find anywhere before she was she was pulled out of a hat. And, she gave and speeches I, all over yeah. campus all the time. She started like four businesses. Yes. She had the most impressive like resume for a 20-year-old you've ever seen. And then when she runs for office, she's just, oh, I'm just a bartender. Forget all that other shit. And it's the funny thing was, it was a, the story was that she was a waitress for a while. And then all of a sudden, she was this sharp as a tack craft cocktail bartender. And then I was watching, get this, Jeopardy reruns with my mom. And this 
smart talking craft cocktail bartender Austin from New York just swept the country was this unlikely Jeopardy star. And I thought his story is like exactly the same as AOC. So I went back and looked and I looked at the date that he made the scene and every article I found before that date, she was talked about as being like this poor waitress. And every article I found after that date, she was this super cool cocktail waitress. And even one of the articles had somebody complaining about her talking yeah. about working with her and that restaurant, that branch, that location of the restaurant wasn't even in existence at the time that this, this, these people were unbelievable, having disputes man. with her. It's just, everything's gotta be a fraud. And you know, I blame that on just the masses, the inability yeah. to accept anybody like this desire to believe in like idealism that there's this, it's like all these clean comics who behind closed doors are just giant pieces of shit. Like these male feminists who are just like really rapists. Like this desire to believe that there's this idealistic human being out there that is here to give you what you want. Instead of believing in that people are flawed and the like flawed people. And it, gets, it gets back to what you were talking about, how they found that like people didn't care about economic levels because you have to actually study something and study somebody to find out, one, if they're on your economic level, and two, if they're good people. Instead of just this plug-and-play bullshit that goes on. In every, it's like in Hollywood. It's like people go, whoa, who works? I go, you really want to work in L.A.? Become a stereotype. That's what it is. Sassy, fat, black chick. Plug-and-play. Yes. Fucking douchebag, white guy plug and play. It you comes know? with all this packaging that they don't have to waste their time with character development. Or they can thinking. See, yeah. And with her, it's, I think they do this stuff because like Stacey Abrams said, you can tell by looking at me that you can trust me. So they feel it's just like everything that you read that for, you have to, an email has to be leaked or somebody has to be on a hot mic or something for you to believe that it's true. Same yeah. thing. It's like if somebody actually is educated and wants to be, which is probably true, it's probably that they're, they are all untrustworthy. And then you have this other group of people who just pretend to be your everyday guy so that they have some trustworthiness. But even that you can pull back the curtain. It's like these guys who are like Christian comics, like, uh, what was it? Not Nickelback. What was the old uh, <laughs> Christian band from back in the day? Creed. Like the selling of that Christian bullshit. And then videos come out of like him and Kid Ross, Kid Rock eating ass on the back of the bus. And everyone's like, oh, you weren't true. Why are you? Why do you keep setting yourself up to believe in this idealism? How many times do you have to be lied to before you realize that person's not real? It's just ridiculous. I mean, she just said. Stacey Abrams. Good girl. Go on. Abrams and AOC, what Monica was just talking about, that's feigned authenticity. It's like the marketing thing. People attack Abrams on the right because of her debt. That only makes her more influential to her, to her demographic because they also yeah. have debt and they relate to that and they see them as pretentious for attacking that. And AOC, they call her dumb and stupid and ditzy, but that uh, they call her just a bartender on the right, but that. She's working class, just like the people that are following her. So by attacking her on those things that they intentionally create, that only bolsters their influence. And what I like to do with people with AOC is I'll be like, yeah, I love AOC. She's great. She's great on social media, knows how to trigger her opposition. She won the first time she ran. She's exactly like Donald Trump. 
And then they just short circuit because they're like, no, 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 Trump's actually dumb. And she's, I'm like, no, they're both P.T. Barnum. They're both great at what they do. She's the Trump of the left. Shut up and, and look at it objectively. Oh, I mean, dude, and the attacking of her on being stupid completely empowers her base because they're all young, attractive girls yeah. who have been who've been handed the world, okay, but been been conditioned to think that nobody respects you because you're hot. And it's like this, <laughs> oh, you like me because I'm hot. You remember when there were like girls who were getting kicked off planes and they were being total bitches, but they were like, I got kicked off because I'm hot. It's like. Who asked the hot chick to leave anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's like, dude, this chick is too hot. Get her off my plane. <laughs> like, give me the, the butt ugly fucking chick I want to sit. It, like, makes no sense whatsoever, but that's what's sold to them so that you can empower these people. All right. So I know I've had you guys for a while. I want to get into the good shit, like the stuff we talked about, the dangerous <laughs> discussion. Here it is. Uh, we're going to have a discussion on Bill Cosby. Now, who listen, because you're just trying to find stuff to fucking call, we have the discussions here. These are the, these are the dangerous discussions. This is why you turn it into Tim Fall Hat. It's for the dangerous discussions. And uh, guess what? We have seen over and over again where there has been accusations against black males for sexual assault that later turned out not to be true. Every, dude, that's what the Innocent Project is about. Basically, ethnics being accused of crimes they didn't commit. The Duke, the Duke case, um, the, uh, the who was the L. Sharpton case, uh, the, uh, the Tawana Brawley case. We've seen over and over again where men have been accused of sexual assault and it wasn't true. Now, we're not, can, we're not saying the information out means that the guest we're about, or the person we're about to talk to means he is innocent. We're having the discussion because that's what adults do, okay? So some of you guys, this might be a time for the adults to just listen and for the kids to go home, okay? And if you're a child, I have one guy because we talked about um, – we talked about Hitler and, you know, Adam Green because I got a lot of shit for the Adam Green episode. Oh, and he talked about uh, Hitler being a Zionist. And one person's like, I had to turn it off because I was crying. This is not the show for you. <laughs> this is a This is not that show, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, at all. But even that is like, yeah. that's where we have this discussion. I don't agree with the, with the, the, the point. And Adam and I had a discussion. But that's what the show's about, okay? So your whole contention is, and we've heard stories about this before, that Bill Cosby didn't do what he was but accused of. He didn't do what he's serving time for, in my opinion. And I think the evidence supports that. So I don't think he's innocent. People are like, he's innocent. He's not innocent. He's not guilty of the crime that he's in jail for. And I think the evidence shows that. He is the exact kind of predator that terrifies me on behalf of my teenage daughter, but not because it's illegal, but because it's legal and it's very common to prey on young women like that. And what he did and what he admitted to doing was that he stockpiled this is funny because i didn't i knew this is what he did and i totally believed it it was completely plausible in my opinion and then i just saw it on wolf of wall street they actually were doing it and it was a true story and i believe it 
They were stockpiling. Quaaludes were very popular way, way back in the day. And they discontinued them because they were used basically. How do you just discontinue a drug? Like, oh, who's like, we're going to discontinue uh, crystal meth? They, well, because it was a prescription drug that was sold by doctors, was prescribed by doctors. And I don't know how they did it, but if they just move it down on the schedule so that it's whatever, so hard to handle that or comes with liability, or that they strong arm the manufacturer to stop making it, I don't know. But if they, or even if the AMA just says, don't prescribe this anymore, the doctors won't and they'll stop making it. Well, they stopped making uh, Oxycontin. They, they've yeah. done that before. Did they? They yeah, do that okay. now. They'll, they? they'll just, well, yeah, look at all make, the pressure. They'll switch it to something else because yes. I, I think you could smash it and then snort it or something, and they made it something where you can't. Yeah, my sister used to do that. It's very weird. Yeah, it's something where you can't smash but it did, anymore. Oh, I, I didn't know. They well, no, it's still, it's still, yeah, it's still called oxycontin. It's just uh, they've made a more uh, the time release mechanism that is more difficult to defeat. It's challenging to defeat it now. So. Sometimes yeah. they'll yeah. do stuff like that and say it's for a virtuous reason, but they'll do it because the patent is up. And they can't make money on it anymore. So then they'll still roll out the new drug that's super, super expensive. I don't know if that pertains to any of these cases. But what Cosby did smartly, like the Wolf on Wall Street, was he stockpiled quaaludes when they were going out of business. And people loved them. They were like supposed to be the best drug ever. I've never done one, but they liked them. So what he admitted to doing was he would, he would offer girls quaaludes he didn't drink himself nothing he would he would bring them and invite them up to his apartment with the intention of seducing them and giving them drugs that they took voluntarily and that made them foreseeably more vulnerable to seduction he's disgusting so that's gross 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 and i dislike so much about what he says that that farrakhan stuff he retweeted i mean ugh, i can't believe everything he tweets is the worst <laughs> possible mean, thing that he could tweet it's like harvey weinstein's running his twitter account <laughs> yeah, hold on bill cosby is still tweeting yeah bill cosby tweets all the time and every tweet makes him look worse he, he he's like his own troll a louis farrakhan <laughs> yes. tweet where oh don't even say L- it <laughs> louis farrakhan is is preaching I'm Louis Farrakhan is preaching to the sermon of women, and he's saying, Bill Cosby don't need no quaaludes to have sex with you. And Bill Cosby retweets that. <laughs> Thank you, Louis. What's wrong with him? Pam, no, he's he posted the- three days ago about the George about Floyd. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's got a phone in jail. Like, I mean, See, yeah, so it's, he- like, it's like him and OJ basically just have no, they're utterly <laughs> yeah, OJ too. on social media. Yeah. Well, they don't have a lot to lose. So, <laughs> so he, so this is what he did. And way back when this woman who is the subject of why he's in jail now, she made accusations against him. And there was a witness who said they overheard her saying that she was developing a relationship with Bill Cosby with the purpose of, uh, of blackmailing him. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but there was a witness who is willing to testify to that. And at the time, the prosecutor said there was no evidence, from what I understand, no physical evidence of a crime, no police reports, nothing. He chose not, not to prosecute the case. She took Cosby to civil court, and he had settled other cases similar to this. And the prosecutor said to him, "You, I am going to assure you that we will not use your words against you in a, in a criminal case so that you can be, I think, maybe compelled to be deposed in the civil case. So he was trying to give the civil case as much leeway as it could get. He wasn't going to charge her, him anyway. And so Bill Cosby came out and in an 87-page deposition said, 
I used to seduce women using quaaludes. I didn't slip them a quaalude and rape them. I just, I seduced them using quaaludes. And it was pretty disgusting what he was doing, but it wasn't the crime he was being accused of. So the first, I think the first trial was a hung jury. There was uh, many, many rights were violated in order to get him to be in jail where he is now, including one thing was, this is a little nuanced, but it's really important. So he, the judge said that deposition can be brought into a, into the, the criminal case. So he, he, he basically waived his fifth amendment rights to do this deposition. And, and that came back to bite him because it came into the criminal case. So his fifth amendment right was, was violated. But the reason the judge said that they could use that information is that he has no right to privacy because he is a public political figure by virtue of the fact that he speaks on political issues. Now that privacy exception is for public elected officials so that they cannot hide behind this stuff. They have to have more transparency because it's, they're so important. But to say that he, that he loses his rights because he speaks politically is punishing him for exercising his First Amendment rights. So I feel like the politics came into it. That lost him the First Amendment. He lost the Fifth Amendment. Then he wasn't entitled to a speedy trial. It was like 10 years or something. His defense attorneys brought up that there was a statute of limitations issue. The judge refused to address it and said the jury had to address it, and the jury didn't address it. So this might not even have been a valid case. Then when they brought in the deposition, the judge let the prosecutors handpick the passages and did not let the defense attorneys enter other passages or the entire deposition. So that's highly prejudicial. The judge let in people who had nothing to do with this case just to, to say that Cosby did those things also, just to establish a pattern, which is prejudicial. And the defense was not allowed to bring in that witness who said they witnessed her plotting to enter into a relationship with him to blackmail him. So then all of that, he, the first, I think the first jury was hung. And then uh, after the deposition was let in, then they finally got the conviction and they put him in jail. But there were so many problems with his case. I argued that this is going to get turned over on appeal right away. And they shouldn't put him in jail at all because he's no threat to society. And the, it's pretty clear that this is kind of bogus. So I consider that cruel and unusual punishment also. And on top of all of that, the judge had a conflict of interest with the, the DA back in the day, the prosecutor who decided not to, to prosecute Cosby and all this stuff. I discovered all, most of that stuff independently, but then after I had already talked about it, really, it a pretty... A uh, well-synthesized article came out in the Atlanta Voice on October 1st, 2018. Legal experts, Cosby should prevail on appeal, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, I'm not the only one who's finding this stuff. Is he, is he appealing? Oh, so he did appeal and he lost. So, and, I, and I looked into that funny business. I couldn't figure that out. Then there's one last opportunity for him. And they kick the can on that and everything. But there's one last opportunity. If uh, the Supreme Court, I think, of Pennsylvania will listen to his case, then maybe he'll get turned over, but they don't have to listen to the case. Can I ask something? Um, you said he settled other cases before. I mean, are, are you saying that he never roofied anybody? 
I don't, I, if you're asking my personal opinion, I don't think he roofied people. So, so, I think he seduced them. So you're thinking, so you're saying that he brought some chicks over saying, I got quaaludes. Yeah. Let's, let's not do some quaaludes, but you can do some of my quaaludes. They do quaaludes. He kind of just, they end up getting loopy. Yeah. He hooks up with yeah. them. So are some of my friends, Bill Cosby's, cause they give these girls Coke and they hang out and do Coke and they end up get hooking up with these girls. Is that I personally would is- think Coke would be different because you're kind of more alert, not less alert. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I, mean, I, I mean, the truth is, man, the whole system of, of just drinking and partying is to simply get girls yeah. to lower down their wall and loosen up and give up the I mean, like, he, was, he was really sinister about it, though. He wasn't drinking himself. Like, he was really disgustingly targeting them bullshitting them like i it's gross what he was doing that is very true because i always ask my homies were you drunk yeah all this girl was drunk i'm like were you drunk because if you're not drunk or you were super sober i'm like you're "You're a fucking piece of shit yeah you're gross (laughs) like i'm not saying what you did is okay but it kind of being a little drunk kind of helps out so if he's just there sober watching these girls do preludes and drinking yeah that is kind of cynical yeah it's a little creepy but it isn't what it isn't what she said happened so if you, if you abandon due process, due process is there for a reason. Due process is there so the prosecutors cannot railroad you for political reasons. And that's what they did to him. And I'm not even saying that it, maybe he would, would have been guilty if he went through the normal process. There, there's a chance of that, but we will never know. Therefore, I'm still giving him the innocent until proven guilty because in my opinion, from what I've read, he wasn't proven guilty. He's not innocent though. And Bill's defending himself by retweeting Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> oh, God. Well, guys, uh, I appreciate everybody coming on the show today. Uh, any final thoughts, Brad? Well, thanks for having us on. That's my final thoughts. Love talking to you guys. And visit PropReport.com. Check out our show every day. But uh, if I do have a question for them. Who was the first person created? That you would what? say that was like, like, because we go back oh, to like Hitler. Adam. <laughs> no, like the first person that was um, like kind of put put in place. We we talk about Hitler. We've talked about how Hitler was set up. Kind of was a person that was yeah. put into that mm-hmm. place. I mean, dude, I think a a P.T. Barnum is a model I go after. He might have created yeah. himself. It might have been people created, oh, but he kind of what. Sorry, no, that's, that's good. Yeah, he did create himself. And, and Thomas Jefferson, who I love, did something similar. He went out of his way to craft his own legacy and to keep Patrick Henry, who I even like better, from crafting his legacy. He actually went out of his way to make himself look better. So this is, I think, I mean, you could even probably get all biblical about who was created. Samuel, uh, Sam Adams, too, was a big propagandist, big creating character. Who, the guy who always gets drunk in his commercials when he's selling beer? Yeah, that guy. (laughs) The founding founding fathers were really all Machiavellian. I mean, they were really self-promoters. And it's really, it's fascinating how how kind of uh, seedy the underbelly of the revolution is. Benjamin Franklin, huge propagandist. Yeah, totally. I mean, they all... Yeah, I mean, you know, he was a professional was propagandist, actually, yeah. Shit. You know that guy was into weird shit, dude. Weird shit. Ben Franklin, he liked to stuff weird shit in weird places. I'll tell you that right now. Um, 
We all know that key story's bullshit too, right? We all know it's bullshit. I put a key on a kite. And well, just the, my favorite, my favorite <laughs> part about that story is that it was he made his kid go out and hold the kite that was getting struck by electricity. Little child. What a piece of shit. They're all pieces of shit. Anyone who did anything special is a piece of shit. Guys, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going. So um, uh, this comes out tonight. There's going to be a very big meeting uh, with a lot of the big names in um, the truther community. They're going to be a summit to uh, try to decide where uh, everybody's going to go. And I'm excited. I've been asked to be a part of it. So I'm uh, let everybody here be a part of it. And uh, there's going to be some big names. And it's going to tonight. Well, Monday night. Yeah, this comes out on Monday. So it it will be, yes, tonight in the future. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I won't step on you as much. I won't say a word. I'll keep me on mute. I would prefer that you do it, okay? I would prefer. You guys are great. Joey Diaz is calling me, so I have to take the call. You guys are the best. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot, guys. Guys.